are The Modern Principal. We're two elementary principals on a quest to redefine the role of leadership in schools and use our voice to steer the new generation of leaders in education, regardless of their formal role. Each week, we take a real-life scenario sent to us from listeners and address it through three lenses of scholar, systems, and soul. This week, we talk about the principal and instructional coach role. Thanks for joining us! Hey, hey! <laughs> I do not like when you just all of a sudden record. I'm in mid-conversation with you. And you she just wants say, to talk about hey, stuff hey. that we don't need to talk about right now. Well, it's about our podcast. <laughs> Christy oh. has this vision on how we could do it differently. Yeah, but this is not a vision in conversation right now. Well, I, I mean, it's not a all over underhaul, is it? Like, <laughs> don't do it? Is that the no. vision? no. Oh, oh you guys, we've had so many issues. I think issues. that might be the issue of our podcast feeling um, a little bit. Because <laughs> you won't finish your thoughts with me about it. What am I supposed That's to do? That's probably how my husband feels, too. Yes. <laughs> like, I just stopped talking. I can really connect with Max right now in a real way. Oh. Okay. So, we've had a lot of tech issues. We got these new mics, and they are fancy. They're really fancy. They're probably way too fancy for us, because we can't uh-huh. figure out how to use them. I don't and know then, if they're working. Everyone says they are. And then Karen's voice is... No, this is the mic, guys. Voice. <laughs> Karen's voice, voice has somehow changed. <laughs> There's a cough. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> I think it would be really good if I did some voiceovers. How does it sound like this? Good. Do you want me to talk like this the whole time? It doesn't sound that much different. Really? Oh gosh. Okay. I don't know. What's, I don't know what's wrong, guys. I'm back at work. That's probably it. It's been since June. <laughs> Allegedly. I don't have proof of that because we didn't record in June. <laughs> Clearly, because we have no, none in the pocket. What do you call it? None on deck. None, none in the, the none in none the, the shoot. None in the shoot. Okay. Here we go. Da da. So, our scenario this week... It does pick up a lot of background noise, too, we've learned. Like, you can hear that right now. And, like, I keep hitting that thing. Uh-huh. And I keep whispering. No, I won't do that, guys. I won't do that. That's weird. Okay. So, we, um, if you're just joining us, we promise our witty banter is usually a little more organized than this. But we do try to keep these pods to, like, bite size on your commute length. Yes. So... In that respect, we're going to shut down the random... No more witty banter. I call it bitty winter. (laughs) (laughs) No more bitty winter. We ready to move on. (laughs) So anyways, we tackle a scenario each week from three different lenses, and then we try to make it so that you can, like, implement something. Hopefully. Hopefully you get something from it. Right now you're getting a lot of bitty winter. Am I doing good with my eye contact? (laughs) Karen always wants to stare into my eyes while we record these, and I'm always very hesitant to do so. No, we just got to make it more natural. I'm working on my listening skills, and I can listen better when I see you. All right. I want to listen to what you say <laughs> and add on, in my opinion. Okay, so this is the scenario <laughs> from Gertie in Washington. Gertie's cute. Okay, so I realized Christy and I might be in the same boat next year. I'm getting an instructional coach this school year for the very first time and want to make sure I approach this relationship in a way that sets our school up for success. What are some things I should think about? For those of you that don't, that haven't been paying attention or 
I've been living under a rock and not following our Instagram. <laughs> every day, every moment of every day. Thank you. Christy is at a new school next year, and she also has a full-time instructional coach. Woo! For the first time. I have only always had instructional coaches that my And family. also a reading specialist. I do. Anyway, so this is old news for me. Okay, so let's dig in. Can we explain to listeners what really happened in real time? I think that what's good about us is that we're honest. Okay, tell them. So we recorded the first part. Like, literally, all we did was we, Christy got these two mics, and she, like, plugged them into her computer, and we're like, that has to be it. (laughs) Well, we listened to it, the first part, which we thought was hysterical, and I'm sure you guys were like, fast forward. Anyways... (laughs) It basically sounded like Christy was, like, yelling across the room to my microphone. <laughs> so, sorry. <sighs> Anyways. So then we watched, like, 74 YouTube videos. <laughs> realized there's, like, 95 settings. This is why this is someone's full-time job. Yeah, that's what, like, my husband came down and he goes, guys, this is someone's degree, so, like... You're not going to figure this out. <laughs> and basically it's been an hour and a half... I'm just watching YouTube videos trying to figure out the mic. And we're still not confident we actually have it figured out. So if one of us is louder, please don't DM us. I mean, we'll get it figured out, but you know I'm going to be louder. We all know it, so we'll figure it out. Even with this new voice. Okay, so we have our scenario. Um, an instructional coach in your building. Right, like how, yeah, how do you establish that relationship? What do you do? Well, I can tell you that if you don't put intentional thought into it, um, it's... This is probably something, I was about to say it's a waste, but it's never going to be a waste. (laughs) It's never going to be a waste. What's a waste? I mean, you really, this is a position you really need to be intentional about, not only how you plan for it as a principal, but also how you sell it to your staff. Yeah. Like, intentionality is so key. If you are a principal and you have an instructional coach and you don't feel like it's your job to, quote unquote, sell the services of the coach and sell the coach's role, then you're not doing what you need to. We've we've both been instructional coaches. Right. And the principal has to be behind the role. And the more that even, like, even this year that I've been reading about, we, I know that some of you follow our Instagram and have been able to see us chatting with Elena Aguilar. Like, no big deal. No big deal, but, like, she's awesome. Um, anyways, it's it has forced me to be really intentional in my research on what a coach is, and I've had one in my building for eight years, and this is... The first year I've deep dived, deep dove in, deep dove in, deep dove, deep doved into like how to really set it up intentionally as a principal. And I can tell you, I did not do this as well as I should have. It's like yeah, I met I mean, with my hard. coach the other day and I was like, hey, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Girl, let's redo that. <laughs> but there's just so much to think about and systems that you have to put in place, not only to sell it to your staff as a way, but also to preserve the integrity of that position so they can actually do their job. So let's start with that scholar side. Let's start a little bit with Elena and some other folks in the fields um, and what they say. I think, and this also just comes from our gut, is that that relationship has to have boundaries between you and the coach and also between the coach and the teachers. Mm -hmm. We had, when we talked to Elena, we had a really good conversation with her, how she said She, as a coach, never had any conversation with the principal about a teacher without the teacher present. Yes. And I was like, whoa, like, that's interesting. Yeah, fail. That's a me fail. I've never done that with my coach. 
Yeah, I mean, as an instructional coach, that was not a right. norm that I subscribed to or my principal subscribed to. Well, and also, like, the way I kind of thought of it, too, was that anything that you weren't present for, your coach should not be filling you in on. Mm-hmm. So if you weren't in the classroom when they were, yep, they don't need to be telling you that, oh, my gosh, I walked in and so-and-so was at her desk when I started. Or mm-hmm. if you want to have a true coaching relationship, basically, Elena Aguilar says, don't have those conversations. Right. Or even, like, like this is not this portion of the day students were not engaged like that's not if you're not the one doing the observing you don't get to know the nitty-gritty yep exactly she actually recommended also having a um, document where you Mm -hmm. each teacher has a document with the coach and the principal and every all three of you have access to it and like the coach's notes are just very vague like we met on this date at this time and we discussed um, cognitive engagement or whatever it might right. be. Like it was very like vague and broad. And that doesn't mean like, I think that what some people are probably hearing is like, oh my gosh. So the pretty much the coach just works in isolation, which is not true. That's not the goal. You have to have conversations about, um, priorities, goals, who's working with what topics of what you're working yeah. on. It's just the more intimate details of conversations with the teacher and the coach. Um, maybe like strengths and areas of growth, you know, like, some of that stuff is very vulnerable to the yeah. teacher. Yeah, and it should be. Yeah, and it's... And it shouldn't be necessarily evaluated. Right, and if you want to, as the administrator, have those vulnerable conversations with the teacher, you should, mm-hmm. but you shouldn't be having them through someone else. Exactly, I think that's the key. Um, and that's what I would hope, too, is, like, how as an administrator do I create enough trust with staff that maybe they don't share everything with me that they share with a coach, but how, like, hopefully I create enough trust that they will still like tell me this is what I'm working on with the coach. And this was the feedback she gave me. And this is what I'm trying. Like, I hope that I get to still have those conversations if I develop enough trust. Right. I mean, that should be the goal. Um, and I think that it has to be really clear with your teachers at the beginning of the year, um, about what that boundary yep. is and, and defining that, that role mm-hmm. and why they why we're all on that note sheet right. and what is discussed and what isn't with the admin. I will say, as a side note, um, wearing these headphones, I feel like a real podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's easier for me to look you in the eyes with them. <laughs> I mean, I can like literally just hear my voice. <laughs> it sounds really great in my head. I just am not going to like the way it sounds on the pod. Anyways, I just wanted you guys to know what was happening in me right now. Okay. <laughs> Um, so other things in terms of the scholarly is making sure that you are providing coaching for your coach, Yeah, getting your coach that professional development. Um, we obviously love Elena Aguilar and then another big guru is Jim Knight, who's actually relatively local to where we are in Kansas city. He has, um, his Institute in Lawrence, Kansas, which is not too far from here. Right. Um, and he's another guru on instructional coaching. Yeah. And I think that like separating in your mind and even for the coach that like the art of coaching, um, Obviously, like, people can have personalities or mindsets that are more naturally geared to coaching, but there's a legitimate science to it. There is actual skill um, that your coach is going to need to learn. I never learned that. You don't learn that in even an an admin before, right after, so when I took your instructional coach position. <laughs> oh, yes. I just left it um, wide open to be improved yeah, upon. But they actually started giving us professional de- development. We had biweekly mm-hmm. um, cognitive coaching. Right. Um, professional development. And so there's a lot of different mindsets and templates and different ways you can go about coaching. And so making sure that you, as if you have that, 
jurisdiction, I guess, as a principal, making sure that you and your coach are on the same page about what coaching looks like and yeah. which like format you're going to utilize. Right. And I think that you have to give your coach some freedom to play around with different styles of coaching yep. um, and different like techniques in coaching. Um, obviously, like they're going to have to try and figure out what feels natural to them, and you just really need to give them that space to do it. I think having conversations about their coaching ability would be a really great place to start rather than about personnel, about teachers. Yeah. Just talking to them about like, um, what, what kind of techniques are you using with so-and-so or tell me about a questioning conversation that didn't go the way you planned mm-hmm. and just coaching them up on that piece That's a good or point. just being about ba- like a bouncing wall for them. Is it a bouncing wall? I don't no. know. <laughs> Sounding board. <laughs> I was picturing like a bouncy ball. No. A okay. sounding board for So them. let's think about those systems. You really are organizing it in a way, this Should, podcast. This was my idea. It is it? Yeah. That you wouldn't tell me about? <laughs> okay. It's not how my mind works. My mind is like a circle line. No, it is not. <laughs> it does. It like travels in little journeys. But you're very organized. I am. Um, I'm the one who edits all the pods, so I hear how we sound like over and over and over. <laughs> how, and how is it? And so sometimes I'm like, maybe we could be a little more organized. <laughs> Like, this conversation right now is not organized. No, I think we're doing a really good job. Okay. I will say one thing that's really helped um, in my time of having a coach is that we set weekly meetings and we don't miss them. Yep. I think that's essential, making sure that you have a specified time that just the principal and the coach are meeting. And what do I cover in those meetings? Someone would ask me if they were conducting an interview right now. That's what you were supposed to ask me. Like, that'd be a great segue. What do you cover in the meetings Thank that you, you meet with your coach weekly in those weekly meetings? Well, we do go over our calendar. And yes. we talk about um, classrooms that we're going to visit. And this would be the time that, like, your coach would tell you, I am in a coaching cycle with A, B, and C, and these are the yep. topics. And they just wouldn't go into that kind of, like, nitty-gritty, but they would talk about that. We also often look at data yep. and see how we're progressing um, on our goals. We check in on our goals. We talk about um, leadership team and um, different things we think we need to talk about there. And we also both talk about our district meetings that we attended. Oh, because that's good. my coach goes to coaching meetings, and I obviously go to principal meetings. And so we try to calibrate the information we're both receiving so that we're not driving our building into different ways. I think that's important, especially if you're a new administrator, do not assume that you are getting all of the information that your subordinates are getting. Right. And so I think that's really important if you're a new administrator. I also, we really talk about PLCs Mm -hmm. um, and like, I really want my coach to facilitate those rather than me. So -hmm. we talk about what's on the agendas, um, what, where's everybody at, kind of how we feel those are going. That's kind of when we do like the bouncing ideas off each other about how can we make PLCs even better. And that's where we've really started brainstorming because you know that this is my first year with a full-time instructional coach. And so we are planning to both attend all of our PLCs Mm -hmm. um, at least the first month. And that way we hopefully get a really good routine set for those professional learning communities and those collaborations. And I know what to expect from her. She knows what to expect from me. We all have the exact same expectations so that if we do start splitting them up and maybe she takes some and I take some, then... Hopefully it still looks the same. Yeah. I'm trying something this year. This is totally, like, not groundbreaking 
earth shattering. <laughs> but like I'm literally breaking up my PLCs over two days mm-hmm. and I'm doing an afternoon session and a morning session. Yeah. It's impossible. As a principal, if you It's so hard. Took me to my eighth year, but like if I I can't be in meetings all day because then my building falls apart and then all day on Thursday if my PLCs are Wednesday, all day on Thursday I'm cleaning, You're cleaning up. cleaning up Wednesday. Right. And also it was really stressful for my counselor and my SPED teachers who would yep. take point when I was in yep. meetings. Yep. So that's what I'm trying this year, splitting them up. It's not, it's not crazy, but. No, and I've done similarly where I've had um, grade levels choose which day of the week they wanted to do their collab or their PLC. And that it was harder for me to be consistent. Like, I just don't know that there's a one white, one, 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 the, 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 one right way. way. No, I think so too. I think, um, also it's a really good idea. Um, and this isn't really system wise. This is more just like from my lived experience is really allowing your coach to share their insights maybe before you share yours. Oh, that's good. I think sometimes, co- I mean, you have to remember we're still evaluating the coach. Yep. So you have There's to remember that. still that dynamic. That. Yeah, and if you really want it to be collaborative, letting them kind of find their voice and their opinions before you share yours because it's going to be hard to push back at the first year mm-hmm. on your when boss. You, yep, yep. <laughs> but you want a coach that's going to push back. Yep. So um, I've learned that I kind of try to just ask a question and see what my coach thinks before I just dive in with what I think. I think that's a really good point. We also... Um, this month, so we're still in August and we sat down and we tried to have some of those preliminary conversations too. And I don't think, even if it's not your first year with a coach, I don't think it's ever too late to go back and like try to just set some, not necessarily ground rules, but kind of some of those norms. Right. And so I actually got this information. It was kind of funny because I was cleaning up my new office and I found like all these old binders and old files from like the eighties and nineties and early two thousands. And there's actually one really good one and it actually set up the coach and principal role. And I'm going to cite it because I think that's important. But I will tell you that when I went to this website, focusonresults.net, it is now a Beachbody site. Ah! <laughs> so I don't know where this company actually Maybe went. we can let it be a download on our website. PCG yeah. Education. I don't know where, where they are now. From. But it's now a Beachbody website. And so we really talked through, like, what is the role of the coach? How will we communicate the expectations of the coach to the staff? How are we going to communicate with each other? This one was really good. And what ways will we approach or handle conflicts? Mm. Um, That was a good one, I think, to talk about beforehand. Just, like, how do we both approach conflict? How do we feel about conflict? Um, And then, like, how do you want the principal to support the coaching role? That sort of a thing. What will the coach, what, what are things the coach will do? What are things the coach won't do? Okay, so that's the last point that I want to make. Because I feel really strongly about this. As an administrator, you cannot do everything well. There's so many plates. And instruction is something that I wish we could devote our whole job to. But as principals, we cannot. You can't. If you do not have an AP, you can't. But this role can and should, and that is what its intention was. Do not put this role into other areas of discipline or student support or or taking and creating spreadsheets and looking at data all day. Like, yes, that stuff is an important facet, but if your coach is not spending 60 to 75% of their day in classrooms, then that's not going to move the instruction. It's not coaching. Right. Or or conversations about the classroom. They need to be with teachers 
engaging an instructional conversation or observing or whatever. Or modeling. Part of that coaching cycle. Yes. 60 to 70% of the time. And it's really tempting because they're a very highly trained set of hands that can do a lot of stuff that you delegate them to. Talk about substituting. (laughs) Or like, hello, (laughs) will you be a runner? Because that kid's running. (laughs) But no, I mean, my personal opinion, and every every principal has to decide what their strengths are and how they want to delegate, but my personal opinion is that my coaches have been able to actually coach when I create them that boundary. Yeah. Yeah, they can't be your sub. They can't be your assistant principal. They've they've got to be a coach. Otherwise, you're completely underutilizing that role. Right. And so that's just that's just that's just our nuggets. All right. So we didn't start a timer. So we, nope, no we don't even know where we are now. We're probably like forty five minutes in. Or it stopped recording and we haven't made any oh, of gosh, this happen. Let me just double check. All right. But here is a quote that I found or Christy well, found. I are don't we gonna know. do soul? We did, Soul. I interwove it, with I, which I know you hate, but all of our bullets have been covered. OMG. Yeah, girl. Okay. We rock. All right. So here's from the From the quote. desk of the modern principal. Dun, 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 dun. Um, instructional coaching. This is from a guy named Dennis Sparks. He sparks wisdom. Instructional coaching has the potential to dramatically improve teaching practice and consequently student learning. I want to insert my duh, of course. But in most cases, a coach's success is directly connected to how effectively he or she is supported or not supported <gasps> by his principal or her principal. The easiest way to increase a coach's effectiveness is to let the coach coach. <gasps> let the coach coach. Mic drop. That's all. <laughs> There you go. Let the coach coach. Make sure that you are giving that coach opportunities to learn about coaching cycles and impact cycles and having those coaching conversations because a coach really does need need that in order to succeed. And that's our tip. So think about how that quote resonates with you and your coach if you have one or if you're going to be a coach. And then going into this week, look at set a meeting, a recurring meeting with your coach. And the first meeting, I want you to talk about priorities. Yep. That's it. All right. Thank you so much for joining us today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast to receive them as soon as they drop. Follow us on Instagram at The Modern Principal, website at themodernprincipal.com, where you can find more resources. All right. And if you didn't like the sound on this podcast, too bad, so sad. (laughs) Because we are still working on it. Who knows? And if you would like to be an intern, once again, email us at hello at The Modern Principal. Have a great week, everybody.